Good day to you this day. Um, I am Pastor Neil Wemus, and this is um, the Key Film Society Key World. This is my video YouTube, and I am doing a film reaction. And this, I don't know how much I'm going to go into this movie, but I really wanted to go into it. It's it's brand new in theaters. Usually, I don't do in depth reviews. Of movies are in theaters, but I guess I'm going to probably start breaking that rule just because it's fresh in my mind and I don't want to wait until it comes out on digital. Um, and so what I'm thinking what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some spoiler-free stuff and then I'll let you know when we're going to get into the spoiler type stuff in case you don't want to know what happens in the movie and you just want to go in it on it fresh and I'll let you know when that happens. Um, so the movie that um, I'm going to be looking at here is the movie Free Guy. It came out this past Friday, uh, produced by 20th Century Studios, formerly known as 20th Century Fox, which it was purchased by Disney, and so the name of the studios changed, and I'm going to get back get to that a little bit more, and how that kind of fits into the making of this movie. And I'm going to straight up say I absolutely love this movie. It is, um, it's funny, it is, um, has great characters ryan reynolds i know he he doesn't have a huge diversity in his roles but he's awesome he's awesome at what he does and he's great in this character role and um and there's a lot more that i'm going to get into as to why this movie is just such a really really good movie now i don't know i kind of messed up on my slides i have like powerpoint i use powerpoint as my background i know there's probably better methods to do <clears throat> I haven't really gotten into that stuff yet and dug into this. This works for me now, for now, and so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, but if you notice at the very beginning of the video, I had a little bit of a lingo. So let, I kind of messed up. I got this. This was supposed to be the first slide. That's so. But anyways, let's go backwards here. And so you see here it says video game lingo. The reason I'm going to start with, I'm going to talk about this. I found this little nice little list online. Um, so let's just say, for example, you happen to be a parent or a grandparent or whatever. And you happen to go in to the movie New Guy with your kids. Now here is something that's going to have to happen in order to enjoy this movie. So I'm going to go to the plot of the movie first. So I'm going to come back to this. So the plot of the film, the whole plot of the film is that all, most of the movie is taking place within the world of a video game. All right? And Ryan Reynolds' character is just simply known as Guy. G-U-Y. Guy. So you can see right there on his name tag. And so at one point, he becomes aware. He becomes so most of his his life, he's been programmed. He does this, he does this, he does it. Da, 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 da. He always does the same thing the same way every single day. He has a, a routine. He's routinized. Well, one day, he gets he's enlightened. And I'm going to get to that in a later point. And he's enlightened and realizes that everything he's... That he, he becomes aware to freedom. And he begins to have a free will and desire other things. And so this basically serves the plot of him becoming more and more aware of his world. Now because it but there is a real world and he interacts with the heroes, the people who have glasses. So I guess I'm a hero or something, I guess, because I got these glasses. Maybe they got to be cooler than looking glasses. I don't know. 
But anyways, the people the glasses have are the heroes, and they're obvious, and really they're humans. They're human people controlling these player characters, and um, and so they're interacting with the NP. So they normally don't interact with the NPCs. They interact with other people, but they begin interacting with this NPC that is Ryan Reynolds. What's NPC? I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but anyways, that's the whole thing. And so there's a little bit more story going on, and I'll let you go see the movie, and you'll find out what more of the story is. Um, all right, so let's go back to this. So video game lingo. I'm going to go to the ones that are going to be relevant to this movie. AFK, away from computer. You don't really need to know that. Noob, that's actually... It doesn't get used in the this movie, but there's one, there's one point in the movie I kind of felt like they should have used the word noob. Um, I'm surprised they didn't, but okay, whatever. Um, DLC, you don't really need to know that. You don't need to know mod. But NPC, this one will be a re relevance to you. NPC means non-playable character. All right, so these are your computer-generated computers, controllers, characters. I mean, they just they have programmed interactions, programmed reactions, etc., etc. And so this, and then there's also, um, you'll hear the word troll sometimes come up in the movie. And the word troll is, so it goes back to old literature. Um, that you might remember hearing this from back when you were a kid, you were in school. And I say this because this is where I learned about the term troll. I learned about it in elementary. And this was back before trolls, internet trolls really existed much. And so a troll is, so basically the whole idea is somebody's on a bridge and there are these trolls underneath and they're hollering insults and hollering comments at the people on the bridge. And the hope is that they will keep them stuck on the bridge and eventually they will devour the person on the bridge. Um, so I'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit. Um, so the whole thing, though, is an internet troll is basically the whole thing is they, they say nasty things, they say horrible things. Um, their goal is to rile people up. So you're going to hear that term. You're going to hear that term of um, troll. Then you're also going to hear the word skin. So you'll talk about, you have all kinds of different skins. So this is, um, so there's, there's going to be a lot of video games that are getting referenced into this. I'm going to get to this a little bit more a little bit later here. Um... And the movie is filled with Easter eggs, filled with little details you kind of want to keep your eyes open for. Um, but a skin just refers to the way you look. Um, there's different type of skins that you might have as a character, as a player. Um, so, like, for example, I play, sometimes I'll play Fortnite, and there's, you can have a skin that you're, where you're Superman, or you're Ghost Rider, or you're just some your snake eyes from G.I. Joe or something like that. And so that's what a skin is. And so you're going to hear that um, lingo in the movie. So that's for those of you who are non-gamers, so you know that language. And but, and this actually leads to me why this, believe it or not, this is actually a worthwhile movie for parents to see with some of their kids. And and actually, if you're going to, if your kids insist, were to insist on seeing this movie, go with them because there is definitely um adult imagery in it there there might be parts that might be a little awkward for you to deal with you might get lucky and your kids don't catch it if they don't cool if they do 
it's going to be awkward. But still, it may give, it's going to give you an opportunity to discuss some issues here. But I'm going to hold on to that. All right, so there's some lingo for you to deal with. Um, all right, let's... Okay, so... Oops. Now, the movie has um, allusions to multiple video games. Here's a couple you see right in the background of me. Um, there's a couple of games that are referenced right there. Um, you will see the Halo tank um, kind of paroling. Um, the, the Scorpion tank, I guess it's called. Um, you'll see that paroling the streets of the city. Um, you will see... Um, and the Grand Theft Auto is very, very much playing into this, um, into this game, into this movie. And I'm going to get to, I'm going to come back to that because it's going to deal with um, a lot of the issues in it. So the movie, like I said, the movie has, I'm about to get into the point where it's kind of, we're going to start to enter into spoiler area. Um, but I'm just going to sit here and say that the movie has a lot of really, really good topics to talk about. And I'm going to get into those in a few minutes here. And, you know, has there's so many Easter eggs for all these different games. Um, different, uh, you know, even some movies are being referenced in it. And one of the things I will say is, okay, I guess this is kind of a little bit spoilerish, But there is a lot of cameos in it. Uh, great. Some cameos are really totally awesome. And you'll kind of laugh a bit when they happen. And so keep your eyes and ears out for them. Because some of the cameos are just voice cameos, not actual body cameos, physical ones. So you're going to have to listen to the voice for some of them. Um, I know one of them is very early on. I didn't catch it. Um, there's one that I know is in there that I still haven't caught because I was paying more attention to what's going on story-wise. Um, and then there's some that are really obvious. And so, and I'm going to get to that in a few seconds who some of those cameos are. If you really want to get a spoiler as to who they are, um, I'll bring them up in a little bit. So, it is a good movie. And the music, there's some great, it's got a great soundtrack in it. Um, a lot of good movies, a lot of good music scattered throughout the movie. Um, and like I said, it's a very much worth watch, just because it, it's, it's humorous, it's got some entertainment, it's got a little bit of fantasy realm in it. And like I said, really, if you, if you keep, turn your brain on when you're watching it, and whenever you're dealing with high-concept films kind of like this, you're pretty much guaranteed there's going to be issues, there's going to be topics being brought up into it. When you get into a movie that talks about the idea of a character in a video game becoming aware you're almost guaranteed there's some there's going to be things to talk about in that movie and this one is definitely got stuff to talk about um and so that's where i'm gonna if you don't want any spoilers i would just say this would be your stopping point go watch it enjoy the movie and then come back pause this come back and then you can hear what i'm um would go into now at this point but um, like I said, so if you don't want spoilers, this is where you pause, come back later, and all right, so there you go, pause, all right, let's pretend you saw, you don't want, you want spoilers, or you've already seen the movie, all right, so here we go, 
one of the things in this movie is is it's definitely going to be deal- because it is taking place in a video game world and it's dealing with the video game culture it is very much critical it's kind of critical of some elements of video gaming um grand theft auto f- the grand theft auto series you know i played these i played all of them uh, i didn't play as much grand theft auto 5 but I definitely played Grand Theft Auto 3 and uh, Vice City. Those were the two that I played quite a bit of. Especially Grand GTA 3. Uh, for, I think, PlayStation 2, I think it was. that I played a whole bunch of that. Played that in college. And it is a game that has questionable morality. And this is one of the first big questions in this game. Is how, do we, how we act in these games. It is, you know... we. Throughout the game, it's all these characters are going to robbing banks, and they're just going around and just randomly punching people on the street. Which, you know, I mean, they're they're not real people, so we don't feel a big thing about it. But there's, but there is something to talk about there. There's something to contemplate there. That we do do those things. You know, I played some of the games that I've really in the way I approach. I still play video games. I still. Use them because they're good. They're good for um, just releasing stress. They're good. They're just good ways to deal with um, psychologically. They're beneficial, actually. Um, but the way I approach video games now is very different than I did when I was in college. So I'm going to use a good example of so this couple months ago, um, Bioware, which is a big video game company, um, released uh, an updated version of the, f- the series Mass Effect. Now, I've got all of these games. You know, I got it comes with all three games. And one of the things in the Mass Effect series is your character has a choice. You could either be evil or you could be good. Um... Another game that came, very, came out pretty recently that did this was um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Both of these games um, deal with morality. You, make, you have morality decisions. Do you want to make a difference in this world, this fictional world? Or do you want to go around and be a jerk? And there's... When I was at Morseville College, I don't... When I was in college, I, a lot of times I went the evil route. Part of it is because, like, um, Star Wars Knights of the Republic had the same thing. Part of it was because there's cool powers like Force Lightning available to you if you're um, if you're a Sith Lord as opposed to a Jedi. So I kind of wanted that the cool Force Lightning looked cool. Um, but some of the things you would do in that game were horrible. You would, I mean, there's one that you would get to this if you got the dialogue just right and you had all the the character points just right, you could get these two quarreling families to massacre one another. Right? I mean, just horrible things you would do in these games. When I was a kid, I was like, I'd kind of have a little bit of a shock, but I didn't feel terribly. I mean, I think there's some level of guilt when I did it, but it's like, but now as I'm an adult, I'm older. And I've been playing Mass Effect. I don't feel the same thrill of being the evil guy. I kind of... I prefer being the good guy. 
I prefer doing the good things. And and maybe it's some and I think there's something that's to be said psychologically about the choices we make in those type of games. The way we act in games like Grand Theft Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto Five, I mean um, in the Grand Theft Auto series, I don't know if it's still true in Grand Theft Auto Five. I own the game, but I I barely played it. Um, but I know in older older games you could pick up prostitutes, and I mean you you pick them up, they pay you pay them, and then you turn around and kill them, and you take their money, the money that you just paid to them. I mean you do some really bad things from a moral standpoint. Um, how often do you actually go out and help somebody and stop a thief? And that's what you have in this movie is that's what Guy does because he's in the world and he knows these people so he's trying to do good things. He doesn't hurt people. But it's something that we have this uh, moral dissonance when we play video games. Like we figure, well, they're not real. But it does still say something about us. It says something about who we are. And it does actually, I mean, from a theological standpoint... It does point to our sinful nature. Is very we're playing it out. I mean, we're not murdering real people. We're not doing these bad things to real people. But it does kind of actually show that that nature is in us, and that's what something games kind of do. Even a game like Monopoly. I mean, this has always been true of games. Monop even games like Monopoly or cops and robbers or cowboys and indians or whatever it was when you're going up they play into our sinful nature you know we're i mean monopoly plays into greed you know how many how many people when you play monopoly do you give away boardwalk boardwalk or how many people how many of you would you know somebody lands on your space and boardwalk and they owe you whatever so you know what have a free stay Oh, you're greedy. You want all the money so you can win the game. And that's how we are in games, in our competitive nature. And so it's a very fascinating discussion to be brought in from this movie. Um, all right, so that's just that's the first level. I, mean, I know I just went really deep there. But let's keep going here. Another issue that gets brought up in this one is toxic gaming culture. And I'm going to take down my window because it doesn't look as good right now. So in um, the movie, there's this one little scene where Guy is talking to Millie, I think. That was the name of the character, right? Um, he's talking to her and he says, hey... You want to hear a really funny joke? And he begins to tell this joke. And you hear it right away. And you know it's a horrible, bad joke. And she makes some comment about, you need to not listen to trolls. And this is kind of reflective of a problem. Video gaming culture. I mean, there are wonderful gamers out there. All right? There are great gamers, nice people that are all over it. There is a, um, there's a group that I, con I connect with quite often on Twitch. And that is the um, what is known as God Mode Activated. It's a group of pastors and Christians who have these Twitch accounts, YouTube accounts, and they're gaming and stuff. And they've actually gotten a little bit of notoriety in the last couple, in the last year, even getting featured on things like um, 
even getting talked about it by Stephen Colbert, believe it or not. And so it's kind of it's a kind of a cool thing. So there are there's really good people out there on gaming. So it doesn't don't think that just because some the game all the gaming culture is bad, but there are people, and this is just kind of the nature of the internet in general. There are just nasty people on the internet in every culture. For some reason, um, you know, I'm a pro wrestling fan. And I I was on a you know I've been on every now and then like when I'm watching a pay per view, let's say WrestleMania's on or whatever. I like to watch it um, while being on the Twitch account for um, Paige, who is a was a WWE wrestler before her career ended by injury. And you watch the things that people say to her. I don't know why. Every single time somebody goes on, they're like, hey, Paige, you're so hot. I'm like, why, why is that the first thing you say? Who cares? Is that the only value what she looks like? And, you know, I mean, she was, a, she was a talented wrestler. She was good at what she did. She had a, there was a pretty cool movie that was about her life. Um, fighting with my family with, that you know, had um, the girl that was in Black Widow was in it. And, but, you know, why don't, why not talk about that? Why not talk about her talent, if anything? Uh, but no, people always had to go to their appearance. And, you know, there's... I think people are like, I want to marry you, and all that stuff. And they're always asking. And most of doctors can't watch this. Oh, I wish you could wrestle. She'd like to wrestle, too. She's injured. So it's like, you know, you just look at the way people are on the internet. And it's just, um, it's crazy. And um, Twitter's toxic. People say just nasty, horrible things towards one another. Um, there is, in the video gaming industry, there's so many issues. Um, if you've been paying attention to anything in the news, you know what's going on with Blizzard. Um, the makers of World of Warcraft, um, they're in, ma- in Activision, uh, they're in major, major issues. And so, I mean, this is just the reality of the gaming culture, and I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, tell your friends, don't be a douchebag. Uh, don't be a douchebag yourself. I mean, that's kind of the obvious thing. But, I mean... Tell your kids if you're on a game, if they're on a video game, act act like a gentleman. You forget, you may be behind the in in the not anonymity of the screen, and the other person be in the anonymity of behind the screen, but they're still ultimately a human being on the other side of the internet. You're a human being; they're a human being. Act act likewise. Don't act like a jerk. Be polite. Don't go hit on every girl you hit, you see. Um. You know, control your your hormones or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, there's severe issues, especially with the way women are treated in the gaming industry. Um, so, yeah, that guy kind of gets highlighted in this movie. Let's keep going here. Um, so, there are a few movies that kind of are... Um, so, if you're... I will... This movie definitely takes inspiration from a lot of films, a lot of TV. But these are the ones that kind of stood out. Record Ralph was the first one, kind of obvious because um, the whole idea of video game characters having a will, they're having this autonomy. Um, that is very much what's going on in Record Ralph. Um, it's not as in depth because it's made for children, but it's. You kind of had that going on there. Um, the Lego movie. Uh, very, very much similar to the Lego movie. Because you have these... You do have this... 
confusion and this discussion about how much of a will do you have. And I think this actually goes to Westworld, which is, you see there right behind me, the, the really good series that was on HBO. If you didn't see season one, first off, um, probably should be above a certain age to watch Westworld on HBO because there is a lot of nudity in it. And so we just face that reality, but it is an incredibly, incredibly good show. A brilliant show. Um, wonderfully acted by um, various people in it. But anyways, uh, both of them kind of have this like, this question of free will. Question of, you know, how are you really making your decisions or are you not? Are you programmed to do this? Or, it's 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 confusing. It's difficult, and it is the dis- and I'm going to get to this even more in a little bit. But yeah, Lego Movie and Westworld uh, both kind of deal with this: the creator who is the god thing. Um, Truman Show very much at play here. Um, I can't, and actually, there's kind of some you can't help but think of Truman Burbank um, when you see some of the things that you see with Guy. Um, and even the character name being Guy seems a little bit or free guy. Um, <laughs> free will. You know, there's kind of that question. Uh, but you can't help but feel a little bit of that illusion of true man, Truman. Um, and, you know, Truman always had this thing every day. Like, if I, good morning. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, and good luck. Or whatever. Or good evening and good, and good night, sorry. Good luck. Uh, sorry, that was the radio guy who threw that. Uh, don't tell me who it is. Uh, but anyways, you kind of have that, but instead here he always goes like, don't have a good day, have a great day. He has that throughout the movie. Very much echoing of uh, Truman Burbank. And even the, la- the ending scene where he's he gets to the water and he's, um, the edge of the town because there's this beach and he's going and he's trying to get to truth and very similar to Truman Show and he reaches the edge and he finds the truth just as Truman did so very much in there and then you have the Matrix a lot of stuff from the Matrix kind of the um... and by the way this the Matrix I think I need to watch that movie. I need to review that movie because watching Free Guy and thinking about the movie The Matrix realizes The Matrix is feeling a little bit too real right now. Um, Obviously, we're not literally on a battery. Um, As far as I know, (laughs) I'm not hooked up to a battery. But more along the lines that yeah, discussion for another time. I'll come back to that some other time. But either way, so there is definitely some allusions to the Matrix, and I'm going to get to hear that here in a little bit. So here are the big philosophical... Oh, okay, so cameos. I said there's a bunch of cameos in the movie. Um, I really need to get my... My slides are just not in the order I really should have had them. But anyways, so cameos that I did, you'll see. You'll see Chris Evans. Uh, the Rock is in there, but he's only a voice. Same thing with Hugh Jackman. Um, also just voiced he's not um, you don't physically see him uh, Tina Fey is in there and then the other one is uh, Channing Tatum is in the movie um, 
and then there's a bunch of cameos from a lot of Twitch uh, people, like Ninja, who is pretty much the most famous uh, video gaming streamer in the in the world. He makes a cameo in it, so there's a bunch of cameos in it. That's kind of cool. Um, I even kind of like the little bit where in the movie there's this this guy that's totally your stereotypical uh, guy in his mother's basement playing video games um, while his mom's vacuuming and yelling at his mom. Can't help but think of uh, Will Ferrell in the movie uh, Wedding Crashers. And he totally has that rolled down. And anyway, <laughs> it would have been hilarious if it was Will Ferrell playing that. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Uh, but anyways, uh, but it's kind of meta that he's you know, he's interacting with uh, with Ryan Reynolds and right behind him is a Daredevil poster, so kind of cool there. But anyways, so going back to the, theolo- the philosophical questions. These are, right here, you see the two big, big, big questions that are in this movie. So the first thing you have to deal with is what is known as the allegory of the cave. So this is... Um, this comes from Plato's Republic. It's a discussion that Socrates has about truth. And so the whole idea is, is that, see this, there is, so the whole idea is that there are people who are chained against the wall. You can see right here in this, so follow my little arrow on my mouse here, and you see these guys here, and they're, they're, they're chained against the wall. The only thing they can see is the wall. And so there's all these figures. And so you see this shadow of a dog, a shadow of a horse, shadow of a soldier, and all that stuff. And it's being created by this flame. But they don't know this. They see this, what the reality of this lesser light. And, but there is a greater light that they have no knowledge of. And... And so they don't really know truth. Everything is an illusion. They only know the truth that they are permitted to see while they're chained. So in the con- so the movie The Truman Show, the movie The Matrix, very much at play in here, and it is very, very much at play at Free Guy. If you've seen the movie, you're going to recognize this. If you have not seen the movie, you'll watch it and hopefully you'll be aware of it. And so at the beginning of the movie... Um, guy is on this chain. He is seeing the reality that the video game creators wanted to see. And so I would say that the lesser light would actually be um, so it would actually be Antoine so this lesser light flame would be Antoine played by Taika Waititi. And so he is giving not the actual truth. He's seeing the lesser truth. He's not seeing all of the reality, right? And so until he's there, he's one day, he's walking. He's doing his regular routines. He's, uh, he's in the chain, locked up. And Millie walks by, her, her avatar, which is Molotov. And Molotov girl, I believe. Which, you know, kind of Molotov is a fire. But anyways, she says, 
she starts humming that Mariah Carey song. It's almost as if those shackles were broken. And he begins to realize that truth isn't quite what he thinks it is. And so slowly and gradually, he begins to see more and more of reality and more and more of the truth. Until that moment, she tells him everything. She tells him that everything is created by this dickhead, as she calls him, named Antoine, who thinks he's God. And by the way, going to the Truman Show, the the lesser God would be um would have been Christoph. Christoph is the lesser God, giving his version of the truth. And while Truman is chained up, in the Truman Show, Truman's truth is revealed when the begins when that that light falls from the ground, which by the way has um it's called. I think it's Sirius is the name. No, is it? I think. Anyways, basically, it's, you know, the brightest star in the sky. And all of a sudden, he begins to see reality. He starts to begin to wonder, his question his reality. Very similar here. And one by one, he's trying to figure it out. It's for, for um, Truman, when he really gets thrown off is that moment where that bus stops and he becomes he sees the fullness of the light he can't quite handle and he's struggling with he's fighting he's battling it and so similarly here in free guy um guy when it's told to him that he is a video game character that somebody created that's as if that the fullness of the true light has been blasted on his eyes. The light to the truth. He has been enlightened. And now he's seeing everything. And he can't handle it. He's blinded. He's fighting it and battling it. And um, slowly he eventually becomes more and more to the truth. As he walks out and he sees... And at the end of the movie, he ends up in the fullness of revelation, which is this, paradise, the real world, similar to what you see in Truman Show. And so this is very, very, very much at play in this movie. Then you have the, this question. Free will. Is it an illusion? Free will versus determinism. This is, again, a very big discussion. Does Guy really have a free will? He's, he's an algorithm. He loves her. He loves Millie because it was programmed to love her. So is it free will or isn't it? Or is it maybe a little bit more complex than that? Um, and there, this is kind of actually even reminds me a little bit of the movie Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. And, you know, he's got this whole story where this lady is writing a story and everything she writes happens. In that movie, you can tell he had a decision. He had a free will. He was doing all these things of his own will, but this person is writing things and they're happening. 
so is it free will or maybe is it a little bit stranger than free or determinism maybe it's something else altogether and this goes into the whole thing of you know theologically do we have a free will and you know the whole argument of martin luther was that free will was a lie that our will is actually bound either bound to sin or bound to christ and as long as we're in this world even as we are redeemed we our will is at war with our as we are simultaneous et peccator simultaneously just and sinner and, or simul and so we struggle but our will is bound which leads to the even bigger question that's in this movie god is there a god that's another question brought forth by this movie someone may make the case there's this is atheistic and there's a couple lines of the movie that I think that made me think it was going with an atheist route. And it was, okay, so the two points of the movie that kind of made me think this was the first thing when um, when Ryan Reynolds guy um, says to Millie, he says, uh, "So you've you've met God?" He's like, "Yes, his name is Antoine, and he's a total dick." And that's what she kind of says to him about him. And so this kind of goes with a little bit of the atheist idea. Um, but then, and then the other time is there's this point where, um, this character, this boy who's kind of playing your stereotypical, um, guy in his mother's basement playing video games all the time, and he goes like, Mom, will you stop vacuuming? God! And he says, God, and she says, there... There is no God. If there was, you wouldn't be 22 years old in my ba living here or whatever. And so that those two lines kind of made me get the idea that it's promoting an atheism. But the point in the movie, so, but there is a point at the end of the movie. And I'm going to get a little bit more into this. And this is the romance in the movie. The movie, the romance is kind of there, but it comes to full fruition at the end of the movie. And I'm going to deal with that a little bit more. But one of the things that I could see people maybe complaining that the the romance subplot was tacked on or whatever. But in reality, it actually is serving a point. This character is designed the way he was because this guy, it was designed by a human being. And a lot of times when creators are creating, they will base it off of people they know. And if there's someone he they really really love and they really really care about and they haven't quite figured out the words to say it sometimes they will imprint it in their creations just as this guy did and in the end of the movie it actually fits into the plot and it fits into this question it goes it actually destroys the argument of atheism because this world that they've created it had a creator now you had a lesser creator that was Taika Waititi's character Antoine but you had the greater creator which was 
which was Walter Keyes and to some degree Milley. And this goes back to that allegory of the cave. You have the lesser truth of that small flame, and then you have the greater truth of the full sun. And so there is this, and the same thing happens in, um, in the Truman Show. In the Truman Show, the lesser god is Christoph, which is why he's called Christ of. And the greater god is the real god. And where this actually gets highlighted, it's in a very... There's a couple moments in the Truman Show. I, I know I'm kind of dealing with two movies, movies at one time here. But in the Truman Show, there's this, at the very end of the movie, the ship crashes into the wall. And there's a number on it. I think it's one. The number on it is 139. 139. Now, if you were to open up your Bible and go to Psalm 139, the conversation and a little bit that Truman, true man, has with Christoph is very reflective of Psalm 139. And he's talking about, I know in everything I've seen here, when you took your first step, I know you better than you do. And then he says, Truman says, you never had a camera in my head. And this was a first subtle thing that Christoph thought himself to be a god, but he wasn't. He was the false god. And because the real god knows even your thoughts, he did not. And then there's a little part, a little bit afterwards, when he is trying to decide where Christoph is tempting him, almost like the devil. It's almost like Satan when he is um, tempting Jesus in the wilderness, like, See, oh, see this king, the earth, all the kingdoms of the earth will be yours if you just bow to me. Christoph is saying, Truman, this is this whole world is yours. Why go out there? You know, and it's when he's having this dispute. There's a moment where you see, um, the character, the the love interest to Truman. I can't think of her name right off the top of my head at the moment. You see her for a very brief moment. She prays to God. And I believe, so when you, you write a movie like The Truman Show or even Free Guy, you're very, very intentional with your lines. And so that's a case of being very, very intentional. It's to show that there is a higher power. Christoph thinks he's a god, but he's not. So similarly in here, Antoine thinks he's the god of this, this world. But he's not the real one. There is this other one. And that's Keyes, the, the programmer character. And so there is definitely an argument for theism in this movie being made. But it could also be a little bit more deist because he created the world and he left the world. He created the world. He gave them their wills and he sat there sitting back and they're watching. And that goes more in line with deism than theism so like i said it's a i know i'm going really deep here on this but it's it's there it's all in this movie um all right so one more little bit i'm going to get into here and so i'm here at so we're back at the slide of the movie itself and the last and i want to go back to that romance 
And this is not really into the theological. This is more into the... I'm going to get a little more personal on this. So one of the things is with me for movie When it comes to movies, I could be a sucker for romance. Um, and this one, I, the way it hit was kind of unexpected. I didn't really expect it. Um, the way it did. The way they did it. And now there's, there's some music that's played in this movie. And it's just driving me nuts. I'm trying to figure out where I recognize it. So I'm going to play a little bit of it. Hopefully... I don't get too flacked by YouTube on this one, but let me bring it up. Put on my headphones so I can hear it. So this is playing off of YouTube. This little bit, if you can hear it playing, I've been trying to figure out the entire time um, the, the composer, Christoph Beck, um, I'm trying to figure out where he got this, where this music originated from. If any of you has, are a big movie bus like I am, and you recognize this music, let me know. But this music plays the climax, the romantic climax of the film. So I'm going to pause. I think that's as much as I'm going to play, because I don't want to play too much and get flagged for it. But... The movie is in this this whole scene where the girl recognizes realizes that the the Millie the real Millie realizes that guy is basically a love letter from Keys to her. I I guess romantic sucker in me kind of loved that, and it was kind of a cool scene, and and it is kind of that. Um, I don't know why that it, it's just really weird on a personal level watching this movie. Um, so I've been dealing with a lot of the intellectual, the philosophical, the very philosophical, ethical questions that are going on in this movie. This movie, but here's where I'm going into the more like the relational end of it, and and it's still I'm still gonna have an edge of philo philosophical with this. So in the movie. The character guy, his he gets his faith gets, I mean his he gets woken up to reality, and I could not help but feel a little bit weird with this because I watched the movie, and I didn't really like I said I didn't really expect that high romance moment, and like I said some people might complain about it but I think if that it was appropriate for the movie, it's kind of hardwired into it. And it fit with even that philosophical underlying questions. But again, it becomes very relatable. So for me, I'm I'm single. And I kind of feel a little bit like the Ryan the guy character. Wondering where, when, how, if ever. But in on, honestly, I for most for a long time I just don't think about it. I pretty much in given up mode. And watching a movie like this in that in that just that moment triggers those thoughts. It's like, man, you wish you know. Wonder who is that person that would trigger me? What's that would have that would hum that music and wake me? And 
it'd be returned. And I maybe I'd have that I'd be on the music that Blake gets her. You know, or maybe like Lava. That song Lava. Long, long, long ago there was a volcano. I, I, I sympathize with that. I imagine many people when you watch those movies you got a little bit of that romantic spirit to you. You get triggered. And there's things in movies you get triggered. And I don't mean like triggered like these movies are bad, I don't want to watch them. Yada, yada. I'm not talking that kind of triggered. But it does. It sets off something. It's like a scent. It's a memory, a thought. You can be dormant for months and months and a long time. And one little thought, one little image, one little song could trigger emotion. It's just kind of crazy how music does that. So that song I was just playing a little bit, it's just driving me nuts. I know I've heard at least a variation of it in a movie and I just cannot think of where it came from um, the movie <laughs> um, it plays the theme for a great um, what is it, the greatest American hero or whatever it is believe it or not I'm walking on air you know that song <laughs> you listen to that song man That uh, listen to that in a car at night and you're driving it's clear at night it, it's kind of an uplifting song it, it affects your emotion um, and that is what music can do. Music can bring up thoughts and emotions long gone. Um, and it's, like I said, it's, I mean, the movie, again, the movie brings questions about us. How much of us is will? How much of it's programmed? How much are we, are we is our will determined? Because that is a very, very lot of thoughts. And I'm almost at an hour that tells you how much is in this movie. And if you've seen it already, I encourage you actually, at least when it gets out on digital, go watch it again. If you haven't seen it and you kept through all the way through, I hope when you do see it, you will be kind of mindful of these questions. And be asking them yourself. And, you know, enjoy the movie. Catch the cameos. Enjoy the music that comes when it does. So... There you go. That's my thoughts, my dissecting of a movie, which I nor like I said, I normally don't do these when they're still in theaters, especially this fresh in theaters. And I didn't even take notes or anything. I just watched the movie twice um, in the opening weekend. So, blessings um, in Jesus' name. Amen.